Hey there. Thanks for listening to the Reliance Podcast. Join us Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock, 9.30 or 11. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. All right, let's get started today. Um, uh, We are going to uh, talk about faith. So uh, over the next few weeks, we talk about vision and purpose and, and mission that God has put us on. We know that to get to those things, it's going to take a great measure of faith. And so these last few months, I've just been caught up with this word faith over and over and over. It's been a recurring theme. I'm reading a book right now. Um, uh, it's just increasing my faith of what the Lord can do. And so every time I think about, Lord, what do you want us to talk about? What do you want us to talk about? Uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit keeps bringing the word faith up. And I think faith is a big deal right now. Just even in our world, I think faith is a big deal in Kansas right now because if you are a KU fan, you've got massive faith right now. I'm just saying, if, if, if you're a KU fan right now, like you actually believe you can win. Like there's something in you, you're 5-0, and and you're like, I think, I think we've, we've got it. And so there's a chant that they used to do at football games, and they would say, I believe that we will win. Like, I see KU people saying that for the first time and coming out of their shell. And so, I'm proud of you football KU fans out there. But there's faith that's rising. There's faith that's rising. We see it all over in the church. We see it in churches that we're connected with. The Lord keeps doing this word over and over and over where he's just like, if you just come in faith. And so, it's amazing how faith plays a role in every aspect of our life. We all exercise faith in life, all of us. We all exercise faith. Um, if you've ever gotten on an airplane, and you've never met the pilot. You don't know who that joker is, but you fly with him, right? So you're exercising faith. When you go to a restaurant, you don't ask to see and meet all the chefs. You have no idea what they're doing back there. You have no idea, right? So there's a measure of faith. You're like, I'm going to eat your food even though I don't know what you're doing back there, right? So all of us, every single day, we exercise a measure of faith. And so uh, a couple of uh, a weeks ago, maybe it was a month or two ago, we had a night of worship here at the church. And it was on a Wednesday night, and man, God was just really doing a work. And uh, Jake, uh, some of you guys know Jake from Presence, Jake Stemmo, got up and he read the word out of Luke chapter, 20, uh, uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 24. It's the familiar one. And, and it's, they're, they're on the lake, and the water's capsizing the boat, and, and Jesus is about to calm the storm. And so all the disciples are freaking out. And then here's what it says. And, and they went and they woke Jesus up, and they said, Master, Master, we're perishing. So to them, it was a foregone conclusion. We're all dying right now, Jesus. You're, you're sleeping, we're dying. Master, Master, we are perishing. To them, it was inevitable. We're, we're going to die. We're not getting out of the storm, because they had not yet fully had faith in who Jesus was. And so we know the deal. Jesus wakes up, he rebukes the wind and the raging waves, and it says they stopped, they ceased, and they were calm. Now, he didn't leave it at that, and he didn't go, hey, I'm going to go back to sleep, do you see what I can do? I'm going to go back and land the boat, just keep rowing to the other side, We'll we'll keep working this thing out together. It says right after that, he turned and he said to them, everybody say it, where is your faith? Church, where's your faith? Where's your faith? When, when, when life is winds and, and, and storms are blowing in, when, when life is getting you and you feel stressed and you feel like everything's raging against you, here's the question of the day for you. Where is your faith? And it says, and they were afraid 
And they marveled, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him? You see, they had not yet known who Jesus was and we've got the fullness of the word to know him. And the question is, is when, when life and everything's coming at us and when, when we've got this expectation and vision out there, we're just like, I just don't know if he can do it. The question of the day is, where is your faith? Who are you putting your faith in? Really, if you look at it in, in many aspects, faith is letting go of control and trusting God, trusting that his way is better, trusting that his ways are higher. Um, some will say, man, I have faith, I believe in Jesus. And it's one thing to say that we have faith, but it's an entirely different matter to apply that faith to your everyday life. You see, it's easy for us to feel like we have faith when everything's going well. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? When life is cruising and, and everything's going really, really good and I get what I want and, and life is easy and things are just happening and man, life is good. It's easy to have faith when that happens, but, but what happens when something challenging comes along? What happens when difficulty comes along? And let me just throw this out. How many guys have had at least one challenge this week in some way, shape, or form? Okay, so most people in the room. What happened? Do we still believe? Do we still have faith? Do we still trust that God can? Dot, dot, dot. Fill in the blank. Faith is something that has to be released in our life. You see, you can possess faith, but you've got to be able to put it in to use. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. If you ever go to the gym and you only work one muscle and you never worked any of your other muscle groups, what we say with those muscle groups is that they go through atrophy. They, they shrivel up and they die. It's the same thing. If we don't use our faith, it's no different than not really having any. And you're going to see it in scripture here in just a moment. And so as we talk through faith, I want to ask you that question, where is your faith? And I want to challenge you with some things about what faith is. And at the end, I want to have a time to really go before the Lord with our faith and activate that. There's something that scripture says that I think all of us need to key in on. And, and the first thing is simply this. Um, scripture says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, without faith, somebody say it's impossible. It's impossible to please God. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is defined as the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. So there's a hope and a longing in my heart, even though I am not able to always see it. And he'll go on and he'll kind of explain that, put a little language to that in verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God forever. Comes to God, must believe that he exists. Now listen, this is, this is big. Whoever comes to God must believe that he exists. Now, if you've grown up in the church or you found your way just kind of like from the time I can remember I've been in church life, you can start to go, I want to believe in God because I know it's the best way. Or I want to believe in God because I certainly don't want to go to the other place. And so you can have a thought about God, but not necessarily know in your heart if you believe that he exists. How do I know that? Because there are many Christians, including myself from time to time, that our life doesn't line up with the fact that God exists. Because if we really believe that God exists, my water bill is not that big of a deal. If I really believe that God exists, the, 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 the dude who cut me off on Kellogg, it's not that big of a deal. The God of the universe exists. That joker who cuts me off doesn't mean anything. 
At the end of the day, if God exists, he changes everything in my life and every perspective in my life. And so he says those words, it's impossible. He says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever comes to God must believe that he exists. And then he says the second part of that, and that he is a rewarder. Somebody say rewarder. He's a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. And so here's what he's saying. Like, when, when, when you have faith that God exists, he wants to reward that faith. You see, believing that God exists is only the beginning. Uh, there, are many, there are many out there who have that mindset again that, okay, I know God is out there. He's somewhere out there. And so they've got a belief about God. And we've talked about this many times in scriptures, but just brush, let's brush up a little scripture knowledge. Uh, James is going to say, is it just belief that's faith? Well, no, because even the demons, what? James says, even the demons believe in God and shudder with fear. And so it can't just be why I know he's out there. It's got to be a faith that says, not only do I believe that he's out there, not only do I believe that God is real, not only do I believe that Jesus is real, I trust him with everything. So it's more than just belief, it's a trusting in him with every part of our life. And so faith is something that's constantly growing in us. It's not something that you've got and now it's done and like I've got faith and that's it. Because scripture will teach us something. Faith is something that's constantly growing in us. The faith that you have today hopefully will increase to a greater faith tomorrow. Amen church. The disciples in Luke 17, Jesus is breaking down some strong language. He's like, look, in, 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 in Luke 17, he's like, temptation to sin is sure to come. In other words, you're going to be tempted to go off in your own way. Like, difficult things are coming. And then he's going to go on, he says, and if somebody sins against you seven times, then you need to, and they repent, he says, you need to forgive them over and over and over. So here's what he's saying. He's going, there's going to be some difficult things that are coming your way. There's going to be challenges in your life when you follow me, and it's not going to be easy. So here's what the disciples say in Luke 17. Once Jesus lays out this hard truth in, 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 in Luke 17 verse 5, it says, and the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. They didn't say, how are we going to do all this? They say, work through a system with us of what this is going to look like. They knew that one thing would get them on track. Jesus, we need you to increase our faith. If you increase our faith, if we, we can have the faith that we know that you're speaking into our life, we know we'll be able to do it. And here's what Jesus says to them in, in, in verse 5 and following. He says, if you had faith like the grain of a mustard seed... You could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea, and it would obey you. Here's what he's trying to say. And I, I want to get this today, church. Jesus, some, sometimes we can walk around a little bit puffed up in our life like, I've got some good faith. I'm just throwing that out to you, right? I believe what God can do. And we can walk around with this measure of faith of going like, I've got it. I think I've got enough faith. I think I've got everything that I need. And Jesus is going, like, we haven't even scratched the surface He's like, if, if you could have the faith the size of a mustard seed, there's things that you could do that would be profound, and you think that you've got enough? It's time to increase our faith. And so he's going to work through this throughout Scripture, and we're going to see it all through Old Testament and, and New Testament, and he's going to say, look, when you get into the kind of faith that I'm calling you to, it changes all things. 
He's even going to say it in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. He's not going to say that you need a little bit of faith just to do some life together. Here's what he's going to say in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. And then they're going to repeat it three times in the New Testament. My righteous ones will, everybody say live by. My righteous ones will live by faith. Now, I just want to break this down for just a second. Sometimes in a charismatic communities, okay, sometimes what we think is that faith is for miracles. Faith is for healing. Faith is for great, great works of God. Yes and amen. Faith is for miracles. Faith is for great works of God. Faith is for healing. Yes and amen to that. But here's what he's saying in Habakkuk. Faith is simply just to live life. Like, I'm not getting up and breathing rightly if I don't have faith in Jesus. Like, my mindset's not even going to be right if my faith is not rooted in him. So, so, so we've got to say yes and amen to all the signs, wonders, and miracles. Thank you, Jesus, for those. But just simply to live life, I need faith. And then he's not going to say that we just need to live by faith. He's going to say in 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7 that we need to walk by faith. Look what he says. So Paul goes, so we are always of good courage. I want to know what it means to always be of good courage. Come on, church. Amen? So we are always of good courage. We know that, that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Let me just tell you what Paul's saying. Right now, there's an earthly body that's bo that you're bound to here. Okay? But he says that one day, and this is how he says it, he says, while we are home in the body, we're away from the Lord. Right now we're here. One day we'll be with him forever. When I see Jesus face to face, I won't need to have faith that he's, he's real because I'm walking hand in hand with him. Amen? When I lay eyes on the Lord, I'm not going to have to go, man, I wonder if God is real because I'm with him always. And so here's what he's saying. There will be a day where we'll see him, but right now, while he's there, and I know he's in us and with us, but by sight, he goes, for right now, we walk by faith and not by sight. Right now, I'm going to believe who he is through his word. I'm going to believe what he can do. I'm going to see him work in everyday life. Now, why is all of that important? Because in Hebrews chapter 11, if you've got your Bibles, go there, Hebrews chapter 11. I want you to read through that at some point in time in the next couple of days. This is what it looks like to walk by and live by faith. You're going to read over and over and over about all these men and women. And it's going to use the same language. By faith, they did this. 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 But getting down to Hebrews 11.32, the author of Hebrews says, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who through, everybody say faith, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, ordained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of the fire, escaped the sword, edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back the dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Come on. That's good preaching right there. That, that Hebrews, he's got it. 
Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sewn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and dens and caves on the earth. And all of these, though commended through their, I may say faith, did not receive what is promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Oh, that last part is challenging. Here's what it said. Through faith, they trusted the Lord, and they walked with him, and they did things, and they gave up their life, and many were, 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 were martyred for their faith. And it says, they saw the promise from afar, but the promise was that they would all get caught up in the promise with us someday. And so we don't like that in the American way. What we want to know is, if I have faith, Lord, are you going to do something for me? If I have faith, Lord, are you going to do what I want you to do? It's like we tie our faith to a contingency. If God does this, I'll have faith. And here's what he says about them. Through faith they were commended, but they saw the promise from afar, not yet receiving it, because they'll receive it when we receive it too. Amen, church? Now why is this such a big deal? Because he said, through faith they subdued kingdoms. Do you remember when the people of God marched around Jericho? An impossible task to go against this fortified city. God didn't say sling a bunch of stuff at Jericho. Didn't say hurl a bunch of rocks at it. Says just march around Jericho on the seventh time. What were they supposed to do? Shout! And when they shouted to the Lord, the walls came down. Why is that so important? Because the only way the walls came down was it was through faith. They, they did it through faith. He goes on and he says, they were ruled by, with justice by faith. They obtained promises. Think of Abraham and Sarah. Like, by all natural senses, their bodies were done. No childbearing happening in them. But he's like, don't walk by sight, walk by faith. And so Abraham and Sarah believed and they were given their son. It says, by faith they stopped the mouths of lions. I'm just telling you right now, nobody's going to Sedgwick County Zoo right now climbing the lion's den. Amen? But yet, Daniel's thrown into the lion's den. By sight, that's ridiculous. What, are, what is he doing? He, he's going to die. But by faith, it says the Lord stopped the mouths of the lions. He says, by faith, they were made strong out of weakness. Do you remember the story of Gideon? Gideon's got his whole army that can go up against the enemies that were coming against the Israelites. And Gideon, the issue that God had with Gideon's army is not that they had too few, but they had too many. And so he knocks that army down from 30-something thousand to 300, and they win against these massive armies. Why? Because out of faith, our weakness was made strong. And so if we say that we have faith, if this is our mantle and we're saying, Lord, we have faith, am I praying for an outcome? Is that what faith means? Does faith mean the outcome that I want is going to come to fruition? Let me tell you what biblical faith really looks like. Biblical faith is trust, not in an outcome, but in a person. That's why Job would say these words, though he slay me, I still will trust in him. My trust is in the one who never loses. You see, if all I'm concerned about is trusting that the outcome is going to come out my way, then you will always be pulled to whatever it is that you see. So God either failed you or God was there for you based on what you see. 
But if it's not about the outcome, if your faith is in trusting a person, no matter what you see, you can still believe. And I think that there are many times in our Christian faith we're more concerned about the outcome than the person. Amen, church. And if you read the entirety of Hebrews 11, what you'll discover is a bunch of men and women, and it was their faith that transformed their lives and enabled them to live victoriously no matter what came their way. Here's a word for you. In 1 John 5, 4, in the Amplified Version, it says, for everyone born of God, I want, you, I want you to hear that. For everyone born of God is, somebody say victorious, is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world, our faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. If all this is done by faith and they could claim those promises, then so can you. If all of those men and women in Hebrews chapter 11 were claiming the promises of God and walking by faith and seeing God do crazy, amazing things in their lifetime, then so can you. But it's going to take an increase in our faith to let go of the outcome and to trust God with it all. Amen? So can you. Somebody say, so can I. You can receive these same promises that he says comes by faith. Smith. Wigglesworth has this word. I love it. I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by what I feel. I am moved only by what I believe. Somebody in this house today, we've been seeing a lot, and we've been feeling a lot, and we feel defeated in life. But it's time for faith to increase. Amen? Faith, I told you earlier, looks active and not inactive. And what I mean by that is in James chapter 2, verse 17, he says, so also faith, in the Amplified Version says, if it does not have works, and I love how it says it, actions of obedience to back it up. If faith does not have works, actions of obedience to back it up. By itself, James says, it's destitute of power or it's dead. Faith without works is dead. So here's what he's telling us today, church. Like somebody in the house, you've got a little bit of faith rising in you. It's time to walk it out. Somebody in the house that's been going, I just don't know, I want to take this leap, I want to take this step, I want to I share with my neighbor, I want to I I pray with my spouse, I want to walk with my kids, I want whatever it is that the Lord's calling you to do, and you've just been really just a lot of intimidation with that, but you've got just a little bit of faith, size of not even a mustard seed, because you could tell trees to get in the sea, right? But it's even smaller than that, it's a speck of dust, the Lord's going, when you just exercise that faith just a little bit, oh, you will see God move. Just that little bit of faith. So, faith then essentially is clinging to God's promises. I want to show you a real quick thing from Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. Hopefully we'll have some time for this. In Hebrews 4 verse 2, he says something that's really interesting. He says, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. So, two groups of people heard the gospel, but the word they heard did not profit them. Listen to this. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So you got two groups of people. You got over here, and they're like, we heard the gospel, and there's faith rising in us, and we believe everything that Jesus can do. And you got this other group of people over here, and like, we heard the gospel, we have no faith for it. And so the word says it did not profit 
them. So the word must be mixed with, everybody say faith, otherwise it doesn't profit them. And so I saw this illustration. If you look at scripture, it says the word is like living water, right? Jesus offers living water. It's his word. You'll never thirst again. And so when you take what we would have that would look like faith, we'll say sugar. Anybody like sugar? Good. We all like sugar. We're Americans, right? So we take that in, and we start pouring sugar in. Anybody, like, you make Kool-Aid with your grandma back in the day, and it says to a cup of sugar, and she goes, I'll just eyeball it, and she just starts going like this. <laughs> like, Grandma, I love you, right? <laughs> this is what it looks like. Right now, it's cloudy. But when you mix faith and the Word of God together, and you stir it, we all know what's going to happen. You stir it, and you stir that faith, and you stir the word. You're studying scripture, and something in your heart is just building. You're like, I got faith in what Jesus just said. He said he can calm a storm. He can calm a storm. He said that the Red Sea was not a Red Sea. It was a path for freedom, right? So all of a sudden, I'm reading scripture, and I'm stirring that scripture in with my faith over and over and over. What's happening to the word of God and my faith? They're becoming one. The faith and the word are becoming one. Everything the word says is becoming clearer and clearer, and clearer, and clearer. What's that water look like now? You can't tell the difference between what is sugar, and you can't tell the difference between what was the water. Why? Because my faith and the word are now mixed together, and they become one. I can't reach in there and grab one without the other. Amen? Now it's profitable to me, because not only do I believe what the word says, I'm going to walk out and live what the word says. Not only do I believe what Jesus can do, I'm going to walk out what Jesus says that I can do. You try to get the sugar out of the water, you're not going to be able to do it. Why? Because they're mixed together and now they're one. So again, the author of Hebrews says these words, it did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith for those who heard it. Church, some of us, we come in and we listen to the word of God over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And we walk out of these doors and then a challenging moment comes and it's like all of a sudden we forget to mix our faith with the word of God. Now imagine a people who are walking around going, I believe God for every word that he says. You see, there's another thing that gets us at times. If I take these rocks... Scripture describes a hardened heart like a, like a hard heart, like a stone. You take these rocks, and it's doubt, and it's unbelief, and it's all these things, and you start putting all these rocks into the Word of God. Like, I just don't know. You said that I could, Lord, yeah, but I just don't know. Like, you, like you, 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 I feel like you didn't come through that one time, and like I prayed, and I was so bent on the outcome, not you, and all of a sudden, no matter how much I try to stir those rocks, are they going to dissolve? Why? Because this is my doubt, this is my unbelief, this is my things in my life where I've just hardened myself to the Word of God. Why? Because it's not mixing with the Word of God. Because I'm supposed to walk by and live by faith. There are many men and women in here today where you take this doubt out and it's doubt. We've been hardened by life, we've been so bent on the outcome and not the person that we've just simply stopped believing that God can do what He says He can do. So this morning, Five minutes left. Paul has a word in Acts chapter 20. I'm going to invite the band. You guys can come up. I just, I really felt like the Lord was showing us something in our men's group on Monday night. We're studying the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 28, it's the end of Paul's journey. And, and, and he's going he's gonna to get to Rome. And a couple years later, he's going to die. He's been through just crazy stuff. Like, obviously, you read Paul's life. Suffering to the, to the hill. So I'm thinking, this is the end. He's on a ship going where the Lord has told him to go. And like his life, like he's just going to cruise there. It's going to be easy. 
But one challenge after another challenge after another, he's shipwrecked. They have to throw all their food overboard. Like, it is brutal. They land on an island, and, and, and it's cold, it's rainy. I mean, God does not make it easy. If Paul was fixated on the outcome, he was not a man of faith. Let me say that. But he wasn't fix, fixated on the outcome. He was fixated on the person. So Paul gets there, he's building a fire, and he's got all these people around him, and it says that as he reached in, a viper came and bit him on the arm. Now his scripture is very clear, it says, when they all saw the viper dangling from his arm. So it wasn't like it would hit itself, it bit him, it's dangling there. It says that Paul lightly or gently tosses it into the fire and goes on doing what he was doing. Now everybody around him is freaked out, they're like, He's going to die. They were, it says in scripture, they were waiting for him to swell up and die. So these native people knew that this was a poisonous snake. Paul didn't go, hey, hey, was that poisonous? Somebody sucked the poison out. Paul didn't go, hey, can somebody tell me what that snake's going to do? Like, there was something in his heart. He wasn't even concerned. Why? He wasn't concerned when he threw himself over and they swam. He wasn't concerned when the snake bit him. Why? Why was Paul not concerned? Because he had a mixture of faith with the word of God and in Acts chapter 23 this is the word that Paul heard the following night the Lord stood up to him and said take courage this is before his journey take courage for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem you must also testify about me in Rome you see there was no snake gonna detour him from God's word because God's always faithful to his word there was no shipwreck that was going to drown him because God is always faithful to his word. So Paul's like, snake, doesn't matter. I don't need to ask if it's poisonous. Shipwreck, I'm not going to drown because God told me that I'm going to be in Rome preaching the gospel. Amen, church. You see, nothing would separate the mixture of his faith from the word of God. God has given us a lot of promises as well something's happened in those promises we've allowed doubt we've allowed hurt we've allowed the outcome didn't happen the way I wanted it and we've put those things into our faith so here we are talking about increasing our faith and somebody in the house is going I tried and God just he didn't do what I wanted him to do is the only reason God is faithful if he does something good or is he faithful no matter what like when I came into Christ, he was faithful. He didn't do anything for me yet. I mean, he died on the cross. Like, that's massive, right? I learned that, though. So when I came into cross, I'm like, you died on the cross for me. You did that for me. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're faithful. And then all of a sudden, a challenge or a tribulation or something happens, and all of a sudden, it's like my heart changes. I'm like, I just don't know if you're good, God. And in my mind, I'm going, so the only reason he was good is if I get the outcome that I wanted? I thought he was God. So this morning, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16, we know the armor of God, and here's what he says, in all circumstances, take up your shield of faith. We were praying in our Thursday morning, and, and somebody read that, one of the guys grabbed a hold of it and said, man, take up your shield of faith. To take something up means that it was laying down, propped up against the door. S somebody in the house, maybe you've put your shield in a uh, faith in the closet, maybe propped it up on the door. Maybe God didn't do what you want, you threw your shield of faith down. Today he's saying, take up your shield of faith. It's time, church. 
We're not going to play this any longer. It's time to get a mixture of faith with the word today. It's time. Thanks for listening to today's message. To find out more about who we are, find us on the Church Center app. See y'all next week.